Welcome to Culture Conversations. On this show, we ask broad questions about topics we aren't usually able to touch on in our standard reporting, and to give you an idea of who works at the Chronicle and who we are, we're rotating guests each week to ensure everybody gets a chance to speak. But note that we are recording through Zoom, so keep that in mind while you're listening in. On today's episode, we'll dive into Bella Thorne's most recent controversy, what we think about method acting and representation in film. You're listening to Culture Conversations. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. How are you two doing? I'm good. Pretty copacetic. Copacetic. Wow. Bringing up yeah, the uh, AP yeah. lit words today. Oh, man. Big brain. Big brain. Yeah, cool. bro. Nose smooth <laughs> brain. All right. Let's, take, let's go ahead and introduce yourselves. Uh, Isaiah, you can go first. Yeah, uh, my name is Isaiah Colbert. I'm a staff reporter over at The Chronicle. I write things and they occasionally get put on the internet. Beautiful. I'm Kaylee Slack. I'm a photojournalist for The Chronicle. I take pictures and occasionally they get put online. Wow, look at that. I would say mostly they get put online. Typically. About like three out of every 50. Yeah, wow. (laughs) That's kind of sad, bro. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. I'm kind of happy I'm not a PJ anymore. Well, we have the the young and the the old here. Isaiah is a seasoned Chronicle uh, yeah. order, and Kaylee is fresh meat. Yep. We're gonna tear First you. Semester. We're just gonna bake you on this episode of the podcast. It's horrible. I'm a vegetarian. Wow, quite sad. Um, I I do want to uh, do one thing really quickly before we sort of get into what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about everything film related today. Um, but before, for the people that are watching this on YouTube. Um, Isaiah did something wonderful, uh, wonderful. Sorry oh, for me the other day. Oh, okay, cool, um, cool, cool. I, and I most definitely am going to do it. I have to find where I where I put this thing. Let me think. Where is this? I downloaded it. Oh no, I can't find it right now. Okay, you know what? Let's go ahead and start talking, and okay. then that'll make a special appearance throughout the episode. Gotcha. Because that's instant laughter, bro. So we, we have <laughs> well, a joke on demand. Yeah, Kaylee, you have no idea what this is. No, Isaiah and I, I are on the same coming. wavelength, but nobody else. So while we start to talk about this, I'll see if I can bring this thing up. But so today we're talking about everything movies, everything movie related. There's been a lot of stuff happening recently, obviously with the passing of Chadwick Boseman, um, and there's been some other controversies recently. Um, one that has stuck out to me is this uh, ongoing situation between Bella Thorne um, and what she's done with the website OnlyFans. Um, I I sent you guys an an article to uh, read about this a little bit earlier, and I'm going to bring this up. uh, I'm going to share my screen really quickly just so people watching can can sort of take a look at this. Um, But basically, the way that the situation played out um, is that Bella Thorne, who uh, has been a a little promiscuous recently. I think she directed some pornographic film recently. Mm -hmm. And so she's been making her way sort of into the the sex work industry. Um, She made an OnlyFans account and very, very quickly amassed like $2 million in profit, um, which essentially like gouged the market um, for, you know, younger uh, and, you know, younger, uh, not younger, but newer, I should say. People that are newer to the platform didn't have as, as established, you know, as an identity as obviously Bella Thorne did. Um, and so there's been a monumental amount of controversy recently surrounding this. Um, you know, there's been a lot of stuff uh, talking about OnlyFans has had to like uh, adapt their platform because of this. So now people only get paid monthly instead of getting mm-hmm. paid weekly. Um, so there's an issue for people, you know, sex workers that rely um, on, on this type of work to actually, you know, get paid on time if they have kids or something like that. Um, and then after this, Bella Thorne's defense was that she was doing this under the guise of preparing for a role in a new Sean Baker film. Um, and Sean Baker is kind of known, a lot of his film, I don't know if you guys have seen like Tangerine, um, 
that was one of the first ones he did, which was about like the life of a sex worker, like a trans sex worker. Um, and so he's kind of known in that community. Um, and he came out right after all of this happened and he essentially denounced what she said. Uh, I could bring the tweet up right here. Um, you know, saying straight up that he was not making, he's not attached to any film deal at all with Bella Thorne. He doesn't advocate or uh, approve of what she's doing. Um, and, and he pretty much just, just denounced her entire actions. And I thought this was so interesting because um, I've been reading a little bit about Bella Thorne recently, um, just because she's, she's kind of she's doing a lot, or doing the mm -hmm. most. Um, and I, I, I just, it brought up the question for me, um, you know, like uh, how much, you know, I, I just don't know. Is that cool? Is that not cool? Uh, what responsibilities do actors have outside of the film they're making, um, you know, to the communities that they're portraying or the communities that they're trying to represent? Um, have you guys ever thought about something like that before? I think the, the biggest problem is that they do have a responsibility to the community, and the main responsibility you have is not to negatively impact or hurt that community, and right. that's essentially what she did. She put, um, she put these photos up under the guise that they would be nude photos, and they weren't. So right, she lied yeah, about she that. said she was going to sell nudes, and then they were just yeah. like lingerie mm -hmm. photos. Yeah, and then she said um, that she's not going to negatively impact the sex workers, she's going to donate the money and everything. Right. Um, and I, I think a better way to have gone about that, I mean, obviously, I don't know what she did besides this, mm -hmm. um, would be to talk to actual sex workers and right. hear about their experiences, you know, and really learn from them as opposed to just trying to insert yourself into a community that's not necessarily yours. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm with you. Isaiah, do you have anything sort of... Uh, yeah, like... This? Any information that I've ever gotten from Bella Thorne has never been the like information that yeah. I've like pursued myself. Yeah, it's kinda... <laughs> yeah um, a lot of the things I've been seeing on it, because I saw that she like did like a bit of like a damage control tweet to be like, hey, I'm trying to work this out talking to OnlyFans. Yeah, me, she like, had like a thread on Twitter. Yeah, I'm like, uh, some of the responses I saw was like, it must be nice to like get like responses from like to mm -hmm. talk to like corporate OnlyFans. Like, oh, it's there we go. <laughs> it's backwards. Is it backwards no. for you? No, no, it's good. It's good. It's good. It's backwards That's on good. my screen. Sorry to interrupt. Isaiah made <laughs> Isaiah tweeted me yesterday and he said, I just happened to find the Zoom background for Jonah because I'm five yeah, no, foot, like... five foot royalty. Short King. My, my nice. sleep paralysis demon was just like, hey, uh, we have this clean, like, genius background. Let's just. <laughs> I still don't know how to set backgrounds on Zoom. I think my computer is too old. It's kind of sad. You gotta get with the program. I know. Yeah, seriously, it's kind of rough. <laughs> Sorry, I'm pointing and laughing at you. I can't tell because it's through a computer screen. Don't worry. <laughs> you know what? Dang, Kaylee, you're just coming at me today, man. <laughs> you're coming out like guns blazing on this episode of the podcast. Um, uh, but uh, I guess to get back on track, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like a lot of the stuff that um, I was saying was just like, yeah, it must be nice to like sort of communicate with like corporate mm -hmm. um, part of OnlyFans, like, like month one of being on the program. So yeah. a lot of the stuff that like, um, a lot of the stuff with that, like I think like there's like this weird, like I guess like, idealization about like going method for like a role and like uh, I think right. that's I feel like that's what she was trying to go for to be like well if I'm going to immerse myself in the right. role or whatever I'll like do it hands-on and like a lot of that time like with that like I feel like it's just like whatever your thought of like your preconceived notion of like this is what the culture must be so mm -hmm. that's what like, that's what frustrates yeah. me is she used it under the guise of going method and everything but then she didn't actually follow through because her photos weren't nude, you know, they were represented as that they would be. Um, and she just kind of inserted herself into this situation. And I think she, 
kind of went into it thinking that sex work would be easy and that would be just a thing she could do in her free time, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's not. It's a livelihood for so many people. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't know. It made me really upset when she was getting a response back from OnlyFans and everything because it's like rich people will listen to rich people and rich people will listen to famous people, you know? But the people who are actually putting in the work are being ignored. Yeah, and so th- that's actually interesting. I'm I'm in the uh, Kaylee. I know you're in the film program as well, Columbia, right? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm a directing focus in in the area. And so in one of the first directing classes you take, the first one on that track, um, one of the like a conversation that we have, it's called acting and directing workshop. Basically, they make the directing majors act, so like they have you know an understanding of sort of like how that. That would happens. be so stressful. <laughs> it is stressful, dude. <laughs> luckily, I was a theater. Well, I wouldn't say luckily, I was a theater kid in high school. But luckily, I had some experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, one of the things that we talked about in that class very you know, early on was I was like, Lisa, my professor, Lisa, what do you think about method acting? Um, and she was just like, it's complete bullshit, all of it. Um, she absolutely hated uh, the mm-hmm. idea of what today we call method acting um, because that's not necessarily what method acting actually was. Um, method came from, if I believe, it was like this old Russian instructor named Stanislavski, and he, and it, and it wasn't at all what we you know think of today's method, where it's like go out and actually do this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she was so angry about it because method, like the, the the phrase method acting and saying your method acting, is such like a, a a weak way of just trying to get all the blame off you, right? And saying, oh well, it's full of you know it's for the role. Um, so it doesn't actually matter, and I'm, you know, I'm not guilty. Um, so whenever I hear people talk about, you know, I did this terrible thing because of method acting, I just roll my eyes. It's so frustrating. You know what I mean? Yeah, that actually um, is kind of a good segue into the question that I brought in um, yeah. because of I was thinking about the method acting um, mostly that Jared Leto and Heath Ledger did for um, their individual um, respective Joker roles. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically, you know, how much is too much and where do we draw the line on what is okay when you're method acting and what is not. Right, right. Um, but I was thinking because when Heath Ledger prepared for um, his Joker role, he isolated himself in a hotel room for a month and, um, you know, had two hours of sleep each night, which I feel would, poss- would possibly negatively impact your health, but at least that mm-hmm. was on his own. You know, right. he wasn't terrorizing other people. I know there was a lot of controversy from Jared Leto, um, and I was reading about what he did to prepare um for a role and he sent a live rat to margot robbie yeah I remember. yeah and he sent yeah, this, bullets this won't be the last time we talk about jared Leto right today, so. Ooh, <laughs> he sent bullets, he sent oh bullets to will smith and viola davis he nice. um he gave the cast a dead pig so he got a huge hog and he didn't do any of this himself he had like he got a thing. huge hog yeah he got a huge hog and they were all eating and he just plopped it down on the table he just walked um, up and dropped it yeah um he said he made video messages um for the people he slept in a prison um he only responded to mr j he was isolated from the cast he, he said only that, responded to mr j yeah so you that's had to call so him cringe bro he sent uh playboy magazines to the person who played killer croc and he sent condoms to his co-stars oh dope um, like- like, cool, what was like his, that. like, vetting process for, like, um, sending out gifts? Like, oh, yeah, this person pick, has right? to get this. I know he sent Will Smith bullets because he played... Um, Headshot, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Well, what about and the I, condoms? Where did the condoms come from? And he was, was selecting... He was just being a bro that it's time. Jared yeah. Leto. You know what? 
He was no, he was just watching out for their uh, safety, man. Straight up. Yeah, but Rose Looking McGowan, Rose McGowan made a really interesting comment. Who did um, she play? Rose McGowan. Honestly, I don't remember. Let's look it up. Here, I'll look it up. This this was Suicide Squad, right? Yeah. Okay. Not the new new Suicide Squad, the old Suicide yeah, the, Squad. Yeah, the old the old yeah, new Suicide Squad. It's not squad. the Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> they're what, working what did, on a new one. Oh, okay. A new one. All right, what did she say? So, um she said that it was a huge red flag and absolutely not okay that he was doing this. Yeah, and she right. said, in what other industry industry, sorry, in what other industry would this be sanctioned? It's not something to be celebrated. It's something to sue over. Yeah. You know? So I think yeah, yeah. doing all these actions under the guise that, Oh, I'm method acting, you know, you're actually endangering other people and just straight up. psychologically torturing other people. And it's just not okay to do that under Oh, it's just method acting. It's the Joker, but the Joker isn't real. Jared Leto is, and he's that's, the one that's doing yeah. it. See, Us yeah. civilians would call that harassment. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, if you're a teacher and you're sending like dead hogs to the other teachers, like, you go. That to ain't jail. cool. Yeah. So I, uh, I'm so happy we're we're talking all the smack about Jared Leto because I, de- he's one of maybe two people in life that I hate. I hate Jared yeah. Leto so freaking much. I hate everything about him. I hate the way he looks. I hate the way he speaks. All right. Jared Leto single-handedly has decreased my quality of life over these past 20 years. In one of my classes, guaranteed. one of my classes, we had to watch a documentary about Jared Leto. Stop like, it, dude. We watched it. Wait, was it in, was in, about his cult? It was about uh, it 30 seconds yeah, tomorrow. He has a cult. What? what? He's got a cult, bro. Yeah, like, I think he, like, admitted Bill, himself, like, like, yeah, I have a cult. Like, during, like, when COVID stuff was, like, starting the ramp up, it's like, oh, yeah, I've just been chilling on my island. Like, oh. He did this during COVID. He <laughs> revealed the cult. Yeah, I hate this like casual so cult. Much. I hate this guy so much. He's the fakest actor um, ever. And, Kaylee, what you just said is so, so important about how the role is fake, but Jared Leto is real, and the effect that you have because of that is real. That's, like, something Exactly. That, yeah, and that's something when I'm, you know, working on my own films that I honestly – I always struggle with this, right? Because this is something I, I talk a lot about with, with a couple other different people in the area. It's like um, – you know, the role of a filmmaker is to tell the film story first, right, in its own world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can't change the story and you can't, you know, force anything in unless the story needs it, right? Because then it's going to feel phony. Um, it's going to feel like all this other stuff is like forced in it and it's not going to resonate well. Um, but then at the same time, the art you're creating has a real grounded societal impact, right? Um, so there's like a there's a conflict there that I think is so difficult for, you know, filmmakers. And, you know, this is the same. I mean, it's true for people that make video games. It's the same thing for people that write stories, just, you know, like fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, like that conflict is so real. How do you guys think we navigate that? You know what I mean? When you need to be truthful to the story you're telling, but at the same time, you need to make sure you're not causing harm. Um, I think part of that, um, just to um, sort of relate it to like where I was going to try to go with this. Um, so, a bit sure. of the video game stuff and a bit of the dirt little stuff. So yeah, um, yeah. I think part of the issue is just that um, the lens in which like we sort of like approach or try to tell these kinds of stories tend to be told from a lens that's like not of the person who actually like has the perspective that you're like writing for. So um, like with uh, Jared Leto, when um, he, uh, I believe, was um, in um, Dallas Buyers Club, um, right. he uh, portrays right. a, a trans character in that role. And um, like he uh, goes on to like say like it was like very important that like the character came off as authentic and that like he was mm-hmm. inspired by um, like uh, young trans kids and um, how he was like 
Oh, he, I think he was also method in that role as well. Right. Yeah, he was. Like he, um, would go into the store and like, um, even the director would say like, I never met, uh, Jared Leto. I just met like his character. Mm -hmm. So, um, like he uh, said that, oh, well, I experienced like people, he like experienced, like he said that he experienced like an othered kind of uh, thing like that. And like, I think that that's like, um, I'll give credit where credit's due. Like it's, um, good to like at least be like humbled in like those kind of situations. But like, you, you sort of have the privilege to like, step out of that like yeah, yeah right. you, you, you can always get to check leave out. that right you can always leave. Yeah. there was a um let me bring up i think you sent a didn't you send an article talking about that or there was some, oh it was oh, one yeah about, i think i hyperlinked it yeah and you, you sent one about brian cranston yeah um, so um, yeah playing in um the other side yeah uh, yeah I'm sure my screen again this was really interesting to me um oh god what is that song sorry about that i'll have to cut that out um, so Isaiah said this article when we were brainstorming ideas for this uh, this uh, episode. And so, uh, could you say what what movie was this for, Isaiah? Uh, yeah, I think it was uh, yeah, it was for the Upside, um, and it starred uh, Brian Cranston and Kevin Hart. Kevin and like Hart, yeah. um, a lot of like people probably didn't get past seeing the trailer for it, and you just see like well, yeah, Brian Cranston is um, playing a I believe a quadriplegic in the yeah. role. Um, so. Um, a lot of the issue, like, I guess the question I wanted to raise um, in our discussion was um, when it comes to drawing the line on uh, the question of portrayal, because a lot of the time um, it's always saying, like, well, um, the issue of, like, well, this person was best for the role, but um, then you run into a lot of things like, well, were they best for the role? Were they the big name that was available and you chose them because right, it's sort right. of easy to attach to it? Right. So, um, like, at least with Brian Cranston, I believe uh, he said somewhere in that article where um, he goes on to say, um, and I believe this is, yeah, Huffington Post, where he goes on to sort of um, say, like, well, as actors were asked to play other people, and if I was, um, if I as a straight older person, and, and I'm wealthy and very fortunate, um, does that mean that I can't play a person who's not wealthy? And, like, does that mean that I can't play a homosexual? Right. And, like, he, like, goes on, like, he goes on to sort of say, like, we live in a world of criticism. Uh, if we're willing to um, get up and try something, uh, we have to also be willing to take criticism. So mm-hmm. um, says so like, um, not really sure, like, where the uh, restrictions uh, apply or where there's that line. So right. I think that it is interesting because, like, to a certain extent, I get the argument of um, sort of, like, saying, like, only certain, like, people can play certain roles. Like, if I'm a Black person, like, well, you just play Black roles. But then that becomes an issue of, like, well, now you're sort of, like putting people in a box where you're saying like, right. well, you're a black person. You can only play this role. You can't have a right. fan force stick with Michael B. Jordan playing right, as right. the human torch. Because right. That, right. As great as that film was. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, there like, comes like a different sort of like sort of limiting of typecasting when like, there's like a line of like um, inclusivity where you're like yeah. saying only people can play these roles, um, but then like also limiting them to like maybe only play right. those roles. Because, because obviously, you know, like a, a person of color could only you know, I mean, not, I mean, if it's like a, an established character, you can adapt race, whatever, who cares? It doesn't, you know, as long as that's worked into the narrative. Um, but uh, th- what I found so interesting about the article you sent is that this, uh, this director who's disabled said, uh, you know, as a wheelchair user, I could never play Brian Cranston. So why mm-hmm. the hell can he play someone like me? And it kind of goes back to what Kaylee said, like, you know, you, they can drop that, you know, after. Um, but there's all these, you know, there's all this connotation and, and stuff associated with some of these roles that you can't necessarily get rid of. Um, as easily when you when you take out of it you know you're you're an actor you're just like a straight white guy i think the issue like inherently lies that there are so few roles available for disabled actors um 
uh, for people of color, for black people, right. for indigenous people, you know. So when you have the rare opportunity and the rare chance that there is one of those roles available and you give it to a straight white guy, it's, I don't, I don't think it's the same right. as Brian Cranston saying, um, you know, I'm wealthy, I can't play a poor person. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's That's not it. it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, just it, oversimplifying and right. glossing over the fact. Right. Um, it, it makes me think of sorry, Jonah. No, no, dude, I'm just like so excited to talk about this. You no. finish. I don't it makes me off. think of um, M Night Shyamalan's Avatar. Um, <laughs> dude, stop! Like, the uh, only I had, to, I had to bring it in. The only film I have ever walked out on, ever. I the only film I've ever walked out on was Grown Ups too, because it was Oof. trash. But <laughs> was trash. I actually I love Avatar: The Last Airbender. I love the cartoon, yeah. but I've never seen um, Shyamalan's version. Oh. But I mean, there's such a rare opportunity to cast indigenous and Indian right. actors yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. that that the could have track. been this huge thing and then you just give it to a white cast right you know right. so like, and that's yeah. why um i mean the original creators um left avatars or netflix's attempt to make the new live action oh movie. is that why yeah they said um, that um you know they wanted the ability to cast white actors and the creator said there should be absolutely no white people in right. the entire thing wow um, they also wanted to make it a darker more mature like um, gritty <laughs> this yeah. is your, be gritty. your kids avatar <laughs> yeah exactly this is it's the snyder the, cut it's the riverdale <laughs> avatar it's the riverdale avatar <laughs> yeah so <laughs> Yeah, that see, but then you get into like another uh, conversation where um, it's like, well, are we cool with diversity for the sake of diversity? Then you know what I mean? Because that for me is um, my my girlfriend's a person of color, so we watch a lot of these Netflix originals because we both hate them. We hate every Netflix original, and one of the things that always pisses but her so off. They're so fun to watch. <laughs> they are fun to watch because they're trash. Um, but you watch them, and so it, and she's told me, and you know, we talk about this where it seems like stuff is just thrown in. Um, you know, like uh, characters of color are thrown in. You know, just to be there. Um, a lot of just, times it's just, like a token black friend. You yeah, know? a token black yeah, you friend. Can, you can really or, point him out. And like or, yeah, yeah, or, you know, there's like a gay character and his entire personality is just that he's gay and that's yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. He, can, he cannot be an actual human being outside of that. You know, his identity, mm-hmm. sexual identity is everything. Um, but it's they're, like... They're, they're superficial changes. Like, they're it's superficial so superficial. It's, 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 it's like they're just saying, like, look, we're woke. We have this in there. Right, exactly. It's, it's like when Disney was like, yeah, LeFou in Beauty and the Beast is going to be gay, you know? Yeah. And then the la- it was like all of like two seconds where he was dancing with a man. Depending right. on your country. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. If it's, really if it's enough that you can easily cut it out, mm-hmm. then it's not enough. Right, like in right. Star Wars with the lesbian kiss and the... I right, right at the end, it was like a two-second thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy with hugging the slug had a longer cut time than the two women kissing. Jesus. Who was the guy with the slug? Was that I the milk? Was like, what was that the milk when luke skywalker drank the no, milk no it's one of it's the big slug and he was celebrating he was super excited ah uh, yes i remember the Palpatine celebrating big like, slug yes. yeah <laughs> it's an essential star wars beloved star wars character yeah That's straight my up. favorite character him and jar jar binks jar jar is a good guy uh, i guess to go more into like um the sort of film experiences uh since uh kaylee brought up uh, avatar so uh, I'm a fan of Ghost in the Shell, like anything, like oh, yeah. anime and things like that. And yeah, like, Ghost in the Shell. Had the had the experience of um, in my previous publication, I wanted to like sort of write something about the live action that Scarlett Johansson started. Right. So, could you could you give us so uh, for people that don't know, like Ghost Ghost of the Shell is, and then what that film was? You want to give some background on that? 
Yeah, so uh, Ghost in the Shell is um, pretty much, it is a cyberpunk kind of future um, uh, anime. Um, there's like a um, 90s like um, movie that's sort of like uh, pretty prolific in the anime community. It's like mm-hmm. beautiful animation and um, beloved story. So um, pretty much the sort of crux of the plot of it is that um, there are these like, um, sort of like, um, I guess, anti-terrorist squad that are like um, these people who have like all these like um, mechanical augmentations. Right. And um, they sort of, like, deal with um, the, like, just different acts of terror that is involved with, like, cybercrime. Mm-hmm. And the main character is uh, Motoko Kusanagi, and she's called the major, and, like, she leads the squad. Right. So, um, the, um, sort of, like, the main issue uh, that came out of the film was that um, in the casting, they were like, well, we're just going to throw Scarlett Johansson in there. She's, she's right. one of those Avengers ladies. So just throw her in there. So <laughs> a lot of um, people, especially within the uh, Asian community, um, weren't right. really hot on the idea that you'd cast um, someone whose last name is Johansson as an Asian <laughs> character as Kusanagi. That, that might be a little bit of a slight there. So, like, um, and when I went to go see it to, like, write the review, kind of, like, a painting piece about it, I yeah. was the only person in the theater. Were you and really? People, yeah, no, and the people who in the theater were like, oh, that movie was supposed to start 20 minutes ago? Yeah, we'll, we'll start as well. Oh, this is great. <laughs> this is a great sort of, like, um, wow prelude to how this is all going to go down yeah, so like wow. a lot of the issues with that was um that like people were saying like well you sort of took the role like scarlett jansky sort of like, took the role away from like other asian actresses who could have played the role um mm-hmm. like people were bringing up like constance Wu or um yeah um i love constance Wu. yeah, yeah she's great or uh, rinko kikuchi right and um so there are other like options that. Yeah, and um, so, like, a lot of the things that um, she sort of said coming out of that was, like, oh, diversity is, like, very important, and, like, um, I wouldn't, like, never want to play or feel like I was playing a character that was offensive, and um, that certainly if there was, like, enormous pressure of that and, like, the weight of, like, a big property on her shoulders, mm-hmm. I'm like, well, that wasn't really, like, acknowledging or, like, apologizing for, yeah, like, right. the situation that you're in. Yeah, And, like, even the director was like, well, yeah, she was, like, really great for the role and, like, stands by uh, the decision to, like, cast her in it. And um, I believe, like, Constance, who tweeted out, like, um, and I have, like, all the stuff down here, uh, um, tweeted out, uh, it's, like, way to reduce race to mere uh, physical appearance as opposed to, say, culture, social experience, identity, and history. That's um, yeah. That's yeah. important. That's my thing. That whenever, and I'll be honest, when I started uh, like hearing about these discussions, stuff like that, I did not think about that because I would. I, I mean, I'll be honest with you guys. When I first first started hearing about what was, I think it was the Michael B. Jordan thing in like Fantastic Four, um, and I wasn't upset about it or anything, but I was just like, okay, well, you know, they just you know now he's a black character. I was like, wait a minute, there's an entire experience and you know mm-hmm. uh, sort of mores and folk ways and all of these things that go with that. And I think some people, you know forget that when they you know and people are you know this comes to like the bigger thing of fandom right when you get into these like really really loved properties um but um that, i mean that's one thing that i think a lot of people sort of lose track of is that there's you know there's more than you know just a physical manifestation of it you know there's a whole you know series of things that need to be worked into the narrative that's the change you're going to make right mm. Like, the movie tried to, like, bend over backwards to, like, explain within the plot of its own movie why they casted her. Like, oh, well, really? you see, yeah, they're, like, spoilers for the movie that came out that I don't think anyone really cares about. But, <laughs> like, they're, like, oh, well, the evil corporation is, like, some, like, English corporation. It's, like, yeah, this oh, Asian person that we actually casted to be the character died in this incident. But we put her Asian brain inside of this white body, and right. that's the thing. So I'm, like, Are you oh. Are serious? Her Asian yeah, brain like, inside of oh. this white like, body. 
And like the word, like, tonal like dissonance get that away like, from me. Yeah, so, like, the tonal dissonance of like watching like the movie was just like, I'm yeah. already aware of like the things going on with it. But then the movie's like, oh, we're going to acknowledge it too and like sort of have mm-hmm. a cake and like explain it too. Ooh, so, how did yeah, they get away with this? Dude, that is like, gross. So I was like, I don't That's like, like repulsive. Yeah, because it was pretty much like a one to one like recreation of like the animated uh, movie for it. So, like, there weren't like a lot of like, if they were going to be creative in some way, I would rather it not be that mm-hmm. with, like, an right. extension of that, so. Yeah. I think what people miss, well, what Scarlett Johansson misses and everything and the people who cast her is that it's not just that you're casting a, a white woman in an Asian woman's role, you know, and it's not just that you're giving her that part. It's that you're also taking that part away from right. other people. Right, right. You know, so it's not, it's not, like, a victimless crime. Piracy is not a victimless crime. But, um... <laughs> You know the thing that says like before yeah. all your DVDs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, but it's it's not just like an innocent mistake or an innocent choice. You know, it's actively harming other people when you right. do that. Yeah, that that's interesting. Uh, I mean, this is something that I've had to think about a lot in preparation for this. So this year at Columbia, in my major, this is like the thesis year. So I'm I'm shooting um, the two biggest films they do at the at the school, like a, a directing free film and then a practical film. And the directing three film, which I wrote, has a the main character is disabled. He's in a wheelchair. Um, and he's also he's super he's like a Vietnam veteran, so he's an older guy too, which is gonna be great for shooting during COVID. But um that's like something that I've had to, you know, start thinking about is, you know, what what are the um you know, what, what does it mean if I if I do or don't cast, you know, somebody from that community for it? Um but I feel so I feel like more so these issues come into play when like a, a big name actor is casting, yeah. you know, just to generate revenue and hype and things like that. Um, would you guys agree with that? Yeah, um, there's like even a thing where um, um, I guess shifting gears slightly to like video games. Um, yeah. So uh, Last of Us 2 came out, I believe, earlier this right. year. Yeah, and yeah. Um, there was a bit of a controversy about a trans character um, that was um, being portrayed in the role and like with like all the leaks and stuff that was going on with the game people assumed this um masculine woman was the trans character like because oh. of the leaks and like it wasn't that at all there's like, right. just this kid it was the trans character but like even like in um playing the game there was like some sort of quiz some um point of criticism about that as well um so like in some points um naughty dog uh, the studio that's um behind um last of us yeah um they do a lot of good strides to like make sure that they're like at least representing people well like they mm-hmm. actually casted a trans actor to uh portray the right. role i believe uh, nice. ian uh, alexander to play uh, the role as uh, lev in the game mm-hmm. and so um but like there's like still some bits like some um i guess some uh growing pains when it comes to i guess uh writing for these kinds of things because right. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of the sort of weird like um i guess um potholes of like trying to write these kinds of stories that like how to get the story across like well, we're writing a trans character and like a lot of that is like well if we're gonna do the trans experience like a lot of the weird like footholds sort of like writing for that is like well we have to show that through like the more negative sides of it like right, the negative right. nuances of it so like things like dead naming and things like that are like present mm-hmm. within the game so people are like well we can get that the character is trans. We don't need to have like need to have that, right? that to be the explanation for it. Right. So I think, I think, still, I think yeah. one of the biggest steps in fixing that is that you need to then have trans people in your writer's room, you know? Yeah. Right. As opposed to like, you can't have, I feel you, you can't authentically have a trans character have it written by a cis person, you right. know, or at least not at least collaborate with input, other people. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because there's no possible way. Same with like, um, 
like a straight person writing a gay character or a white person writing a black movie. You know, there's right. no true way that you can authentically live that the way that someone who continually goes through that can. Right. And then so so then what's what's the verdict on this then? I mean, does it come down to a point where only people in those communities should be able to play those uh, roles or write that content? Or is it like, just do your homework, you know what I mean, and consult with people? I believe a lot of it is like, just do your homework. I'm like, yeah. as long as there's like a just like, I don't think that you should like, again, I'm like not for like limiting people to like whatever roles that they have. But right, right. There has to be like a conversation of like, well, certain people who are in Hollywood tend to get like certain roles because right. they're sort of like it's sort of like the thing of like where if you see like these um if you see like uh, Scarlett Johansson or like Jared Leto playing these roles and you don't have a problem with it mm -hmm. um part of the thing is like well your world might be well you are surrounded by um sort of like cis uh, white people and you don't really see that as like an issue because that's just sort of the world that you live in so yeah. it's not like a thing that sort of like light bulbs as like maybe there's something wrong with this so I think that there has to be an acknowledgement of where there might be some um not it, not it, like limited within just yourself on like where there might be some limitations on like how you're trying to represent or like tell this kind of story with like who's portraying it, mm -hmm. but also like include the conversation with other people who are in the community, not just right. as consultants, but like maybe as like key people within the process of writing. Yeah, writing. have an open dialogue, you know. Yeah. Um, I think you also have to consider um, what your lasting impact of the film is going to be, yeah, yeah. you know, as opposed to just like while you're making it and while you're writing it. Because, um, you know, when we watch people on screens, you know, and we see people that look like us, we see ourselves in them, you know? So if you're written off as a side character or, or the gay best friend or, you know, the token black friend, you know, a lot of times mm -hmm. that's going to, especially with children, you know, that's how you're going to see yourself. So you, can, you have to think of film, I think, not as... Um, not as just like, oh, it's just movies, you know, but it influences our culture so much. Yeah, yeah, that's true. What do you guys think about, um, I mean, because that, what you just said, Kaylee, kind of brings up like another conversation I've, I've, I've thought about a lot, um, which is like, you know, what about older films that have made that are so clearly, you know, problematic um, and present a lot of issues today, but are like, you know, good films and well-loved films? Um, do you guys think that films can be good, even if, you know, those sort of uh, issues and representation and, you know, sort of those related things? That's how I there? feel every time I watch. Um, Peter Pan is one of my favorite movies ever. Yeah. And that's how I feel every time. I Like, I just feel so conflicted every time I watch it. Right. Because there's some really racist themes in it, yeah, you know, yeah. with, with the um, Native Americans. And so... Like, the, they have a whole song about what makes the red man red, you know? <laughs> and I, under, yeah, I yeah. understand that it came out in the 50s, but I feel, like, uncomfortable watching it. But also, right. I love Peter but Pan. It's like a wonderful you know? movie at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like, it's very... I don't... I, that's one of the things it's that like I'm, like, unsure about, you know? Yeah. What do you and think? I, and I also feel that I would think... Oh, yeah. I would feel differently if... Um, if I was in one of those communities that were being misrepresented, right, you know, it's right. very easy for me as a white girl to just watch that and be like, Oh, well, just ignore that scene, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That, that's a really good point. Isaiah, sort of, what do you think about this? So like completely tonal shift there. Like I said, a Peter Pan, like with me, like, I like really like the Scarface movie. Like I grew up watching that. <laughs> yeah. I know I shouldn't have, but no, I was it's like, great, it's just I, one of those things. It's too, one of those man. things. My dad showed that me that when I was a kid. Yeah, dude. Oh, it's a great film. Like, yeah, we'll watch it annually. Um, so <laughs> like, it's just like one of those things. Where, like, you look back at it now, and you're just like, oh, right. sort of like weird kind of thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, 
I had like a buddy like try to recommend me like watching um I think it was uh, House of Cards and like maybe I'll get into it and then like the stuff uh, came out of like, like, oh, I, don't, I don't need to get into it yeah. now. So it's um, <laughs> like certain things like that where it's like um I um, believe like I might have wrote like um article about that in my previous publication about like just sort of like you can like still like I feel like it's okay to still like part of it's like if you watch it it sort of feels like it's like you're supporting whatever like thing is connected to it mm-hmm. I feel like there like is a way to separate like art from artists or like those kinds of issues um but I feel like you need to at least acknowledge that like there is a right. problem with this you can still right, like, enjoy right. it but like don't be like one-to-one on it and like right. i even like the movie like tropic thunder even though like um robert downey <laughs> judy got like a lot of flack for like that oh, but yeah. i'm like yeah, it's less of a i feel like it's less of a joke about black people but it's more of a joke of like how white people think black people act so there's like a weird like through line between like how like you can sort of navigate that yeah no that's that's interesting i haven't thought about tropic thunder in so long dude i've only seen that movie once this is off topic, but now that you're talking about what, seeing Scarface as a kid, did your did you guys also see like really really mature films? Like, did your dad show you really really oh mature my films God. when you were a kid? Have you guys heard of the movie Don't Mess with the Zohan? No, I saw that. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's an Adam Sandler movie. It's on Netflix, but oh my god my parents put it on the tv when i was like eight years old because they love adam sandler yeah. and then they just and then they just went to the kitchen so they Parents weren't watching it. Yeah. But like in the first like. <laughs> in the first like five minutes he's like butt-ass naked can we swear we're already there yeah we're already there yeah okay. no, f-bombs, no f-bombs no f-bombs got it um but he's bare naked and everything and then like 30 minutes in, there's a scene where he's like a hairdresser and this old woman is he's shampooing her hair and he's like gyrating against her ear and everything and like it's just it was just horrible and i remember my brothers and i watching it like what the hell <laughs> what is happening kind of, right and then like tw- 20 minutes were left and he was doing something super bizarre my mom finally came in and she's like what are you guys watching and we were like that's so funny you put this on the tv did you, you not did see this. it was rated r you did this that's funny when I, my dad my dad is like notorious for doing that when i was a kid he showed me the clockwork orange and that one, <laughs> that one kind of got me i'm not gonna lie <laughs> So, he, he, yeah, I, I saw a lot of that stuff when I was really, really young. When I was, like, five, my dad took me to see, I, I mean, my dad took me to see um, the Spider-Man movies in the theaters. Yeah. Which, like, aren't that bad, but I was five. So I had nightmares about Doc Ock for the longest time. <laughs> I could see him, like, coming out of my closet. Oh, my Aww. God. That's pretty funny. That's <laughs> good stuff. I mean, I love Spider-Man now, but. So I'm glad my that you family, overcome that. Yeah. My family sort of has the tradition of like every Thanksgiving because I guess because AMC decides to put it on its programming. Like every Thanksgiving, we gotta watch the Godfather trilogy. We oh, might geez. we might skip three this year, but we'll watch the Godfather. So like, yeah, yeah, I sort of have that in my head of like, yeah, I sort of grew up with that. But like as a kid, like I hated scary movies. But like yeah. the scariest thing I think I ever saw as a kid was like part of the like one scene in the mummy where like the beatles like show up. <gasps> yeah, I dude, I saw that too when I was a kid. I saw that too when I was a kid. Yeah, that part like still gets to me, but um, yeah, Is like it the Tom Cruise movie. Oh no, not the no, bad one. The no, one. the old one, the old Brendan Fraser. America's yeah, Brendan like just cherry pie. That boy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's just a lot of like things that like sort of like 
I think the only thing that I saw, like, where I definitely should not have seen it, I think my mom, like, took me out to go see a movie, and I think mm-hmm. it was uh, super bad, actually. Oh, banger. And I was, like, I think I was in, like, grade school, so I had no idea. I was, like, that was funny from the trailers. I, like, walked in, and, like, I think I was less, like, uncomfortable seeing it, like, if it were just me one-on-one. I was, like, my mom's here, man. We're, yeah. we're, we're going through all this stuff. This is weird, so. <laughs> it's a little odd. I can appreciate the movie now as an adult, but like back yeah, then, yeah. just be like, oh, okay, I don't really get like the nuance of like the theme, so I'll take it more like bold face, I guess. Yeah, I'm always kind of reality of watching it. I'm always so surprised when I talk to my friends and I find out like their parents don't let them watch SpongeBob because apparently yes. that's like a common thing. I've heard people that are like that. I don't, I don't understand. That's crazy. To if me. I have kids, they are watching SpongeBob. Period. That anti-capitalist SpongeBob movie, no. Comrade SpongeBob. I, dude, I, I remember there. I went to elementary school with this guy named Aiden, who was like a, he, you know, he was he was the smart, he was the smartest kid in, in like the school. Um, and so I hung out with him once, and I was like, dude, let's watch SpongeBob because that's what homies do. And he said, no, I can't. My parents wouldn't let me. And I just kind of looked at him. I was like, one, your parents aren't here, so don't be a <laughs> narc, okay? And two, why not? And he was like, they say the S word. I'm like, what S word? They don't say S-H-I-T. He was like, no, they say stupid. I was like, come I on, thought you were gonna, I thought you were going to do the dolphin sound. Like, oh, my God, they say yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, if I was smarter, that would be kind of funny. But maybe that would be the teaser. Who knows? But, yeah, dude, I don't know. Oh, my God. That always – actually, that totally will be in the teaser. That always caught me off guard i hated that i never talked to aiden again after that actually that broke our relationship oh my god <laughs> yeah i take that seriously i take spongebob very very seriously cool you guys have anything else you sort cool. of what dude i don't know you guys want to talk about something else i like how you guys both have like gaming headsets and i have my oh yeah i'm i'm a hashtag gamer boy I yes what? i am as well yeah. i'm very good at mario kart like I'm, I got that ninja mentality. Like, I just can't lose. And uh, if I lose and I don't take the game seriously, it's not, like, what do you not, think really, about, not uh, really a gamer. What do you think about ninja refusing to, to stream with women, Isaiah? Oh, uh, man. Like, as a as – a, that's level-headed, you know? Like, he just – he's got a wife, you know? He can't be playing games with Did women. Did you hear about you know, this, Kaylee? People say things. You know no, about I have heard of ninja, though. What yeah, about him? He refuses to stream with uh, women because he has a wife and he doesn't want, like, anything <laughs> – Right, that's, I like the, that's the most Mike Pence answer. I was gonna say, that sounds like, that sounds like Mike Pence saying that. I have that a mother. Can't I can't be playing woman. video games with a woman. No, isn't that what he said, though? Isn't that like his. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's. <laughs> Like, that's like, it's like, uh, that's just so bizarre. That's like dress code. Dude. You can't show your shoulders. Oh on, my god! You we can't show your shoulders on culture school, conversations. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do the rest of it like this. Nice, dude. That's funny. We can swear, but don't you dare do that. Yeah, don't you exactly. dare show <laughs> your shoulders. All right, guys. I think we're just about actually at time for this uh, episode. I want to say thank you to you for joining me. That was super fun. That went by so yeah. quick. I know. That was like the fastest <laughs> ever gone by. I don't know if that's because I dislike everybody else that's been on the podcast more than you guys Probably. maybe i just love this conversation um but either way thank you again guys for for coming on i appreciate it and thank you everybody for watching Have a yeah thanks for having me all righty bye bye have a bye. good one guys see ya, see ya.